This is Doug Green, and I'm the publisher of Technology Reseller News, and I'm very pleased to have with us again John Arnold. John, thank you for joining us. Hey, you're welcome, Doug. Good to be back. And we are the last two, not even standing, we're the last two sitting up in this big show floor space because everyone's downstairs uh, at, on the show floor. That's right. It's opening night here. It's very interesting how they're scheduling IT Expo this evening. Uh, it's actually technically the second day of the Super Show, the second day of MSP Expo, the second day of Future of Work, and a number of other concurrent conferences. But it, tonight is the first night of the exposition, so that's what's happening. We're going to want to get away, get to that in just a minute. But John, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role as essentially sort of managing the Future of Work conference? Sure, sure, Doug. So. Future Work event, uh, or Future Work Expo, that event has been running several years, and this is my uh, sixth year serving as chair of the event. So I've basically been organizing this event for that amount of time, where the focus is on workplace, right? So most of the uh, sub-events here are verticals, like you mentioned, MSP, IoT, right. uh there's a few. There used to be a Wi-Fi summit here. Um, they're very vertical, whereas future work is horizontal, right? It applies to all levels of kind of the workplace, but we're looking at it through the lens of, you know, the role of technology because we're in a technology conference. So we're talking about basically the impact of digital technologies, how that is transforming everything about work, where we work, how we work, when we work, all of that. So we're looking at technology has a role to play, but we're looking at that bigger picture of how does this impact, you know, uh, HR for hiring practices? How does this impact IT for the, the support they have to provide to workers? All of that kind of thing. So the programming is, I, I developed the programming for the event and I recruit speakers. So it's a different hat that, like as an, as an analyst, which is my, what I do to make a living, uh, that that's totally about reading the market trends, staying current with stuff. But that serves me well for this event because since I know the technologies and the companies very well, uh, it's fairly easy for me to find the right speakers for the topics that we're doing. And we've had, you know, pretty full sessions the whole time. And so uh, there are a lot of people out there willing and able to talk about these things. It's great. It, that makes it really good. The content is a very, I, I think, a pretty high caliber. You know, if we look at this uh, issue of, of future work, future of work from a 10,000-foot level, um, you know, it's been said, at least in some of the other sessions we're doing here at MSP Week or MSP Expo, that change is always an opportunity. Whatever is in, 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 in motion represents an opportunity for MSPs, at least. Is that true for in the area of future work? Well, sure. It, it's, it's, it's definitely opportunity and threat. Because the opportunities come from, yes, many of today's technologies are very well positioned to help make workers more productive, to make processes more automated and streamlined, and to make literally the production and delivery of goods and services more efficient. Um, and then you bridge over into contact center where you have to do a better job with customer service. These are all future of work themes where technologies create new capabilities so that's the opportunity but the threat is 
I, IT in particular has a real difficult time keeping up with new technology because they have so many priorities, things to manage. So for them, it's a little overwhelming. When we start going down the AI, I wouldn't call it a rabbit hole, but certainly down that track where AI is kind of inevitable, we all have to kind of deal with it. IoT is like, uh, sorry, IT is looking at this, oh, not another new technology, but that's the way it rolls. And so this is a great opportunity for partners to say, hey, we will do all the heavy lifting. We'll worry, don't worry about the deployment and the management. We'll figure that. We can do it as a managed service. Um, you figure out where are the endpoint uh, requirements, where are those use cases, and develop those within your organization. So Contact Center is a great application of this to automate things, and that's where AI comes into the picture. But it's also a threat, too, because not just to IT because it's complicated and new, but also for employees because now automation could make them redundant, and that's everyone's existential right. concern with the stuff. So, you know, let's talk about AI because that's always that was certainly a very hot topic last year, mm-hmm. hot topic this year. Um, has there Have you seen a change, I think I have, uh, where AI – is starting to sort of start to be more practical. This actual, we can actually do this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, because it, it evolves so quickly. Even as you say, from last year, you know, last year we were all talking about ChatGPT, for example, and that created a lot of uh, anxiety, probably more than opportunity. But clearly, it's going to find a place. And every vendor now has an AI story, so it makes it really hard for IT to make choices and stuff, but where the technology is advancing is is in how accessible it's becoming for uh, everyday use. So, you know, this is termed no-code, low-code. So there are a lot of opportunities now for companies to do programmable things uh, with AI on the fly in their organizations, for better or worse, because you can have really bad code writers and you have bad applications. Um, but at least it creates opportunities to do very creative things now. And that's where we're getting to this point with AI. It's starting to become more mainstream now, and now it will be used in ways we haven't really envisioned yet. That's the exciting part of this, because we all know, oh, yeah, we need to automate things. We're trying to save money. But as it gets in the hands of more everyday users, there will be a whole new wave of things. Oh, I could use AI for this. You know what? That's a good idea but no one has thought about it yet. And we'll have a lot of those, you know, unintended consequences of this stuff. And as long as we can stay on the good side with AI, because the bad side of it is because of, again, no code, low code, anyone can do it, it opens up the door for all kinds of, you know, you know, fraud, illicit, you know, bad actors, that kind of thing that can undermine everything that's good about what AI can do. So there's always that issue. Um, but a much bigger one, I think, that every business has to think about is, is privacy and trust, right? Um, because you could easily use this to create efficiencies in your organization, but you could also flip that and say, well, you're really just doing this for surveillance. Because now you're monitoring everything. You see everything we do, right? Think almost, you know. So there's a bit of a big brother element to that for sure that we have to kind of figure out how to manage. You know, um, it's interesting. I wrote down the words venue and process. It seems like future work includes two areas. We often think about it as venue, at least I do. You know, where am I working? At home? Am I working in an office or somewhere else? But you seem to be also saying 
we should also be considering that there's a process uh, change as well. Well, yeah, I think process in terms of how we like create workflows, like how we start, you know, the starting point for, I don't know, a collaborative effort and an end point for it. So where um, the location, the venue is becoming less relevant. If we have the same tools to, uh, to, to use through computers and mobile phones where you can work effectively from anywhere, okay, so that takes office requirement out of the equation. Now you have to make the process becomes more complicated because now you have a distributed team of people that could even be all over the globe, right? So how do you manage that and keep the results kind of at a comparable level to when you would be all in the same place in person working together? Because those are the most intimate results, right? Where you get the deepest, you know, engagement. You don't get that virtually. So you have to make the tools comfortable enough that you can work relatively effectively this way. So there's a lot of, yeah, process and workflows are really important because now we're not all in one place. You have to make sure that everybody get it. So you've got to be on video and even on audio and you have to have channels like, you know, that are synchronous but also asynchronous, right? People aren't always on the same call at the same time. Um, so there's more complexity to that process to work, make those workflows really smooth and to pull it all together in the end. So that's a little more challenging for sure, but it enables people to have more flexibility for where they work, which is a big driver of job satisfaction. You know, so we wrap up our quick podcast today. Uh, you know, when you're look, looking at, at how you put together this conference this year, uh, and for people just that weren't here this week, what were, you know, the, just simply the biggest takeaways that you learned, uh, that, you know, especially in contrast to the last year? Yeah, I think one of the big ones, certainly with, with AI, whereas last year we talked about ChatGPT, this year we're talking about large language models. Um, the emergence of this idea that you can start capturing more and more conversations inside the organization to basically train AI models to, to basically replicate what we do as humans. Um, and this is the kind of the building block of making AI more effective. The language models take time to develop, but it's becoming a strategic asset for businesses. So that's fairly new. The other good one is uh, immersive tech. So last year we talked about um, with uh, OVR, you know, AR and VR. This year it's more about metaverse because Microsoft has made some big moves with Mesh and Meta and Apple are all pushing hard into these immersive workspaces, right? So this is another level of future work because now we're shifting more from physical forms of engagement to more virtual. And generationally, younger people are more attuned to these tools. So I think you're going to find is different from last year. We're getting more into a state of readiness where we can accept these ideas of virtual immersive work environments, which we didn't really have before. It's been very, it's been out there a long time. But it's not really caught on in the business world yet. But I see plenty of signs wearing my analyst hat for in where the trends are going that it's coming for sure. And when, you know, when Facebook or Meta um, and Microsoft, when they say it's, we're going to do this, you know, it's going to happen. Right. When they're ready, it will be ready. You know, 
And that sounds like even greater and bigger opportunities for MSPs to help businesses figure it out. Because, it, yeah, it's in just a new way of using the same vendors, right. but with more opportunity, for sure. John, you know, well, this will be a nice starting point for the new year. Where, where can we all learn more about these topics? Well, sure. So I am a, as an analyst, I write and speak a lot about these things. So my easiest way is to go to my website, which is uh, jarnoldassociates.com. So you can easily find me there. You'll see my blog. I'm on LinkedIn all the time, at John Arnold, J-O-N. And also, I publish a monthly newsletter, a monthly podcast, and you can see all that on my website, all publicly available. John, I really appreciate your time coming by. I know it's a busy day here at MSP Expo and at, at FutureWork. Thank you for coming by. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks, everybody.